Welcome to the Journey to Midwifery podcast. I'm your host, Amber Wilson, a doctor, nurse, midwife, turned podcast host. It is our job and passion as midwives to listen to everyone else's story, their journey, their birth story. Now it's our turn to share. So here I am asking these midwives, what's your story? Join me each episode to hear the journey, the passion, and the mission of midwives today. Hey listeners, before we get started, I want to point you in the direction for a great resource for any midwife, birth worker, anyone looking to branch out and be an entrepreneur. Check out midwiferybusinessconsultation.com. She has several resources on there as well as some courses. If you sign up for a course, use the discount code journey20discount for 20% off. Go check out midwiferybusinessconsultation.com. Okay, another episode of Journey to Midwifery podcast, and I am thankful today to have Anna, who's a certified nurse midwife. So, hi, Anna. Can you introduce yourself? Um, hello, Amber, or Dr. Wilson, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Amber, <fine>. whatever. <laughs> well, I'm really pro using the the proper, you know, um, the proper credentials, especially for us. So, um, hello, Amber and everybody. My name is Anna Kolotko, and I'm a certified nurse nurse midwife practicing in New Jersey. All right. And how long have you been practicing as a midwife? Uh, I've been practicing now for three years. Okay. It's been three years. You're getting, you're getting some good experience I'm sure yes I am Um, and what did you do before you decided to become a midwife so um, before I'm originally from Israel and I graduated nursing in Israel um, as RNBSN and I started working um, as a nurse on the on the antepartum for like high-risk maternity and um, I knew that it's going to be something that is, you know, maternal medicine, something related to OBGYN area, and I wasn't sure what exactly it's going to be. So um, I worked as a nurse uh, for two years, and then we um, immigrated to the States. And then I, you know, I was thinking what I'm going to do. I was sure I passed NCLEX the first time, I think a month after I came, but I didn't start working as a nurse and I wanted to see what is, what I'm going to do with myself. I wanted to expand my, you know, my um, knowledge and um, go and study something else. Something is continue. And I wasn't sure. So I started exploring my options. It's going to be nurse practitioner. It's going to be MD. If it's going to be PA, and then eventually, somehow, I heard about midwifery program, and I came uh, for an information session, and I found it very interesting, and that fits me well. And this is how I started. So, what was it that drew you to midwifery? Um, honestly, I don't know exactly. I think just um, I think that was the first as a nurse. 
I remember um, my first delivery. I remember we came to the floor and the delivery delivery floor, one of the you know nursing school rotations, and I was like, oh, I'm so ready. I'm like ready to see first, and it was so funny. And uh, one of the midwives or nurses, she called us in and she said, oh, my patient is pushing already. Come on, let's go. And I need I need some help over there. So I came in. And I saw a birth and I was like, and I, and I felt like I, everything was dark and like, I felt almost fainted. I was like, what the hell just happened? I was like, what is that? A human being coming out of a human being. Like, let me get some water. I think I was like almost on the floor, but Mm -hmm. I managed to keep it up. And, and then after that, I felt I was like so much adrenaline and it was like, I felt so good. I was telling everybody, hey, I saw this. And it's like, I just wanted it to happen again mm-hmm. <laughs> and again and again. And yeah, this is how it happened. But I'm telling yeah. all the students, I'm telling them the stories like, how are you feeling about the first one? Because I almost fainted when I saw my first one. Mm-hmm. That is funny. <laughs> yeah, it is funny. Oh, um, how is the could you how's the healthcare system from Israel to here that's probably a huge question but it is um I mean in terms of education it's if nursing education is very similar it's Mm -hmm. the same so I didn't have to take any additional classes I just registered for NCLEX and I took it they just checked all the like the credentials all the classes that and it took about six months to get through everything but I was eligible to take the NCLEX but then uh, midwifery education is completely different. So midwives in um, Israel, they deliver all the babies, all normal vaginal deliveries. Uh, the labor and deliver run by midwives, but this is all midwives do. They don't work in office. They don't do GYN. They don't see patients. So they just do deliveries. So they pretty mm-hmm. much function as a L&D nurse, but doing a delivery. They don't do it in a piece. They don't do suturing. They um, so it's very limited. It's kind of um, um, just you know doing the actual delivery. But there is and there is no nurse in the room. So mm-hmm. that's a nurse midwife as per se. Like it's a nurse midwife. So she does everything for the for the patient and delivers her baby, pretty much. And I think the education-wise, they go for after nursing school, after four years of RNBSN, they go for like uh, about 10 months a year worth um, for uh, midwifery. So, so a little bit do they different. have to call the doctor in if mom, if mom needs a vaginal repair? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Similar to other countries like the UK, but mm-hmm. a little more restrictive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like. when I'm telling my friends and, you know, my former colleagues about midwifery here, they little they surprise and they ask me questions. So it's pretty much functioning as a level of the, you know, pretty much as an MD other than doing C sections and managing some very high risk patients. But otherwise we're 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 doing a lot. <laughs> we yeah. do a lot. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and what program did you go through um, here in the States? I, mm-hmm. I went to SUNY Downstate in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of the first pro- midwifery programs uh, in the States and in New York for sure. 
and it's one of the programs that accept uh, CMs, not just CNMs. They have um, direct um, CM program too. And how is their program set up? Is it in the classroom? Is it online? Mm. No, it was um, it was in the classroom. Uh, it was well. I started full time. They eventually they did full time two years and part time three years. But uh, full time two years was so stressful uh, in terms of like it was just so much at once. So they decided. I think now they officially changed it to full time only, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and they do it two and a half years full time. That's mm-hmm. what they do. Did you also work when you were in school? No, I did not work when I were in school. My husband worked full time and I helped him. We had a um, small business back then. Mm-hmm. And I helped him whenever I had time, um, some weekends. You know, but other, other than that, I, I, I wouldn't be able to work. It was, it was really a lot. It was demanding. Did you have yes. children at that time or no? We had one child. We okay. had, we have two now. Okay. <laughs> we had two. She was, um, I think she was, my daughter was um, seven when I started the program, six or seven when I started the program. And my parents will helped a lot, you know, picking her up from school, from the school and helping. Um, and she was, you know, not as demanding as having a, a small child, but mm-hmm. um, Oh, that's really helpful. Now at Sunnydown, do they mix the clinical portion intermixed throughout or is it done all at the end? Uh, you mean in, in terms of you do in one semester or in general? Like in, in general. So some schools are doing mm-hmm. one semester. They have, you know, just antepartum one semester is this, that, and mm-hmm. schools such as like Frontier, they do all the classwork first and then they do all their clinicals in one big chunk. No, it was um, like we did GYN and gen- GYN clinicals, mm-hmm. or I think it was like OB and uh, antepartum and GYN together. And mm-hmm. then let's say it was like two months of the class and then the clinical. Um, and yeah, the semester was the clinicals were the same semester as your didactic right. part. And they, the, what was really helpful that they uh, found the, um, the clinical sites for you. So you don't have to worry about this part. Yeah. That was really, really great. And you weren't working. How did you pay for school? Uh, well, I started, when I started the school, we had some savings and okay. my mom helped me also. But then... Uh, but then I <laughs> I joined the army <laughs> in, in the middle of nice. yeah that was funny yeah so in the middle of my first school I joined the army and um, I spent some time in the army so the the rest of the my midwifery school was like a little break and then the rest of uh, my midwifery school the the army paid for it so All that right. was nice that yeah. is nice that is yeah. nice. So that answers my next question. When you graduated, you already had a job. Um, no, I did not because I was in the army as a medic, not as a midwife. Oh, I see. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was in the army as a medic and um, then I got pregnant with my second child and I had some medical issues. So I had to be discharged I see. Uh, from the army um, and I was about 34 
weeks by myself when we came back to New York from Colorado and um, and then I you know I had my son and then I finished midwifery school after that I see so you took a break from school to join the mm. army yes I took a break and then I started when when I finished the you know the basic training the all the like initial trainings when I finally got to my first duty station and had some time um, I started the online classes right away. So I contacted my school back and asked them what classes can I take online so I don't waste time when I come back. And then, uh, and I didn't know if I was coming back. So I said, I can take some classes online. And they were trying to set up a clinical location for me to take on base. So they were about to sign a contract with on base hospital so I can do my clinicals over there. But things happen and I, you know, I had to um go back and I was discharged and um, came back to New York and finished my um, school in New York I see wow that's a little bit of a wrench in your plans <laughs> yeah yeah um, absolutely and then how did you find your first job and all that after mm -hmm. So um, when I graduated, I graduated December 31st, 2016, and I think I took, um, I took the exam January 17th, January 17th, yeah, and I passed it <laughs> the first time, and um, after I passed it, I started uh, looking for a job, and it took me a couple of months, I until I um, got my first um, job offer and it was actually in New Jersey because I was looking in New York area I had there was not much back then and um, I started to you know expand my search and I was looking into New Jersey and then I had this private practice that um, pulled me back and then I set, I set up an interview with them and this is how I got my first job okay and how was that job? How was the schedule? What was your work-life balance? Well, that was a big, <laughs> the big stressful thing. So mm. that because it was my first job. So we eventually, because, um, you know, that was far away from New York, we had to, it's an hour and a half drive from New York. So we decided to move to New Jersey. So everything was set up and we moved um, to New Jersey uh, with my husband, my two kids, and uh, I started this job. It was, um, well, it was, it started as the, it looked like a pretty good, it should have been a good, uh, you know, um, job, uh, life schedule, but um, in reality, it was not. It was a private practice that they just decided to enslave their midwives basically they mm. didn't have a very good um understanding what midwifery is and they had two midwives and the other midwives quit right before I joined and I didn't really know what is that like it was my first job you know I didn't know one I didn't know exactly what to expect from my first job and I and I always I was so in so much stress because I wasn't sure if it's me or what's what's going on, why they're not happy about everything. It was just very demanding in terms of like being on call. Um, so it was basically you had to, I had to be um, three days in the office, three, mm -hmm. not 
three, eight, nine hour, you know, um, days in the office, and then 24 hours on call, which is um, a, a, a 24 uh, a week on call, which is um, uh, four hours out of 24, you, you have to be in the office in the morning and still see the patient. If you have someone in labor, you either have the physician who is with you, who's going to deliver the baby, or you need to go. Uh, and then the rest of the 24, whatever happens, you can stay home. But if you have a patient in labor, um, you have to go. In reality, it was a little bit different. So you would be 24 on call, but you always, you know, there in the morning to see the patients in the morning. And then they would be like, oh, you know, you're on call. So why won't you stay and help us in the office? Because we still have so many patients to see. So you, you, in reality, if you don't have anybody in labor, you can go home, but it was like that. So can you mm -hmm. stay and help us in the office? So of course you can't say no. I'm like, you can't say I have something to do because you're on call, right? You're supposed to be free. Mm -hmm. So you stay and you help to see the patients. And after you finish seeing the patients, of course, you have someone in labor come in and then you need to go to the hospital. So, and it just was, it was very stressful and it was a lot of personalities in terms of uh, physicians and uh, being a new midwife and they were not, sh I think they didn't really know what our expertise are. They expected me to much more, I think. So um, it was very, very stressful and I was coming back home, some days crying, sometimes like just not wanted to talk to anybody or the opposite or and I started questioning myself was something wrong with me something like is it some what what is that and then at some point it got to the point where they started to ask me not ask me but tell me well we need you to start at 7 a.m instead of 8 a.m in the office some days I'm like well I have a child I have I can't really do that you know I have my own life and then one day my um baby was sick and I had to uh, go in the middle of the day because he got fever and I got a call from a daycare and they told me well we, we didn't like it you know and like this little things that um, made me feel just so bad about this practice mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. just not very not seeing you as a, a human being but just as you know as someone who needs to do the job that's all and um, so it it worked for six months <laughs> and then it was just they were not happy about me I was not happy about them and I started to look into other places and this is how I found my current job and I'm really happy about um, about my previous experience I'm actually glad it happened because I wouldn't found this I wouldn't found this job if I didn't have the previous experience yeah wow and were you close to where you were? Did you have to move again? No, no, no. It's still in New Jersey. It's a little bit of a drive for me. It's an hour drive from where I live, but it's worth it. It's really worth it. <laughs> okay. What makes it, it worth it? What's your schedule like? Um, it's just the environment of very, um, like, accepting. I finally started when I started practicing here, and I got through the orientation and one of the senior midwives who oriented me 
she was like, I was like, oh, okay, so what I do is like, this is your patient, you decide. Because for me, it was always like, oh, I need to ask someone, I need to talk to the physician, I need to make sure I'm doing the right thing. And she was like, no, this is your patient, <laughs> you decide if you want to, if you think you need to rupture her, go rupture. Because my first job, as I was telling you, that was like, oh, why didn't you rupture her, the patient? Why didn't you do the A-ROM? Because we need to be in the office in the morning and she's still intact and we didn't deliver her, you know, things like that. So mm -hmm. not really, like, not really your management. Mm -hmm. So um, this uh, place that I'm currently working, this is a hospital practice. We have um, seven midwives and um, three physicians. We're covering um, two clinics and labor and delivery floor. We always have a midwife and a physician on call. We have midwifery patients. Uh, well, the clinic is mixed, so there is no MD patient and um, midwifery patient, but we try uh, MD to see more high-risk patients. So, But if there is no uh, MD coverage for that day, we also see the high-risk patient. We also see GYN patients. Uh, and uh, labor and delivery wise, we uh, cover the whole floor. We have residents, so the residents would do any preterm birth or any high risk birth, and we do all the normal vaginal deliveries. And we always have an MD if they if we really need them. But um, it's a really great relationship with our physicians, so they don't um, question you if you don't need them if you tell them i'm okay they can you know see they, we, we have a sign out and looking who is on the floor all together but after that you manage your own patients you make your own decisions and there is no pressure of when you're going to deliver and what to do and when to rupture and when to section mm -hmm. so that that's that's really great mm -hmm. that is great how is your work schedule so um, today's Sunday, and I'm usually um, 24 hours um, on call on Sunday, and I have two other um, office days uh, in the clinic. So this is that works good with my, you know, uh, life and my kids. Mm -hmm. And I have another job that is my part-time job that I actually started um, a little bit more than a month ago in the community hospital that is closer to me and I worked for them and I work for them part-time I'm doing one uh, 12 hour call and one office day for them so it's kind of new to me I uh, work a little bit more now but it um, looks fine works out good so is the first job where you're on call Sunday and two clinic your main job is that considered full-time full-time yeah so it's four wow. hours it's a full-time yeah that's awesome yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, so 24 on call Sunday. You never know how, how this 24 right. is going to go. Mm -hmm. You might be, you know, doing nothing uh, half a day and you might be working like one of the Sundays, I think two weeks ago. It was a crazy Sunday. I worked the entire 24. You feel like, okay, now everybody delivered, you know, you can breathe now. And then the triage comes again and yeah. again. And then it's like, it never stops. You like, oh. just close the door. <laughs> We're closed. Yes. But sometimes it's just like that. And this, is what you know this is how the encore <laughs> definitely l and d freezer famine right yes yes absolutely wow well that sounds great um you sound like you're happy with your yes i am that, i am that is really I'm good currently happy 
Um, can you share at all if somebody was a new grad and wanted to work in northern northern New Jersey, mm-hmm. um, what might they expect to bargain for as far as salary? Well, I think my initial salary for this private practice, I started with uh, $100,000, mm-hmm. uh, but it was a little bit, um, the uh, health insurance was a little bit expensive. Um, so I think the private practice can offer you more, but the, you know, the insurance and um, might be a little bit more expensive. They did cover my um, malpractice. Uh, and then this, the hospital practice, uh, it was the same. It's a hundred thousand. And then, um, uh, the, they do cover my uh, malpractice insurance and the health insurance is much better, um, for the hospital practice. So I think for new grads, something around a hundred thousand would be, uh, would be pretty um, nice. Okay. Then with my second job, though, that I just started about a month ago, um, the offer was a little better because I'm not a new grad anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That is good. Now, yeah. could you do you have any tips or advice for someone that, to avoid a situation like you first went through? Or, or is it something mm-hmm. that you just don't know? I think you don't know before you start. I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, I'm not mad at them I'm not you know I'm definitely don't want to see them (laughs) anymore but it's not like well it happened for a reason probably I always think that things happen for a reason so Mm -hmm. um, I moved to the area where we live now and we're happy with you know we bought a house over there and um, I'm happy uh, with what happened but I think there is no way to know it ahead if I could talk to the midwife who quit right before I joined. I probably and funny part because now we work for the same practice. Oh, with that's that midwife funny. we work for the same my new place is we work for the same like, hey, <laughs> we yeah. have something to share. <laughs> She's like, Yeah, definitely. So in her in her, you know, case that was um, also something like family she had to go through some family related issues with her children and there was like not very willing to accommodate her issues. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I think there is no way some probably you need to be aware if there is maybe one or two midwives and then a lot of physicians, maybe that's something that it's not very midwifery friendly. Mm, yeah. Um, if, um, but I, I guess there is no way to know before you start. Do you think asking questions in the interview about their receptiveness to family issues mm. would be something? They were actually very nice to me. I was like asking about the baby because I just had the mm. baby and I was like, how's baby doing? You know, like they were actually very nice to me in the beginning. And then as um, as I started, you know, working, there was more and more issues. Hmm. Um, I don't know maybe uh, asking in terms of like management wise how do you manage your patients I, I think now I would ask more questions about you know how do you manage labor and delivery with the physician when do you do interventions when do you call a physician because it was a lot of tension in between the physician and the midwife like in terms of management and mm-hmm. I really didn't I, I don't feel it's right and I can't do something that is not right. I don't. I don't feel comfortable rupturing someone at you know two cm's and had minus one. I don't want to do it. <laughs> so you know, if you want to do it, go ahead. 
so that's why um, that's why uh, we had some some sort of issues. But maybe yeah. asking these questions that would be helpful. I think that would feel intimidating as a new graduate because you're still kind of putting your feelers out there about how you want to practice. Exactly. 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 And then this, my current job finally feels like I do, it's not midwifery in terms of, it's still a hospital practice, but I think we, we have one of the lowest C-section rates in New Jersey. I think we're number four in New Jersey with about 23% C-section rate. So I think mm. it just, yeah, because we are not, I don't care if the patient delivers on one time or the next shift delivers her because I will do everything, you know, to make it happen. If it doesn't happen, we'll do a C-section, of course, but I'm not rushing. I think that's the key. Just let it be, as I say. You know, the patient is not, it's not a, like a Friedman curve. It's not you know, it's not like it's supposed to be. Just let it be right. and see. She's not if on it's the clock. A, yes, yes. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. If and if the patient, you know, I'm not, I'm not in a rush to see patients tomorrow morning in the office. So, and I'll, you know, I'll do whatever is needed, and I in what and whatever I believe is right for her. And yeah. I think every woman deserves it. That's all. Yeah. Well, that's great. So you persevered through that initial trauma or, uh, you know, stressful situation. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, well, now you're in a good place and you've practiced for a little while, um, gotten your hands experienced. Do you have something? And I know we talked a little offline. So do you have something right now that you're kind of is your passionate niche in this midwifery world? Well, I'm... I'm... You know, I'm very passionate about knowledge and research. Um, I read a lot. I think when I started practicing, I learned more, maybe maybe some areas at, like GYN. I, I think GYN is not really um, covered enough in midwifery school. It's not enough time to cover it all. So self-education is very important and as I started my first job I had to read and up to date is my very best friend it's on my phone all the time 24 7 so going back to you know reading and researching and if we want to be uh, if I always say to uh, midwifery students or whatever you know uh, whoever is uh, medical students, you know, I always tell them, if you want to be good in something, you need to know. If you want to argue with something, if you want to stand uh, with your opinion, you need to make sure you know what you're talking about. So if I want to, you know, argue about something, and if I'm, if I'm not agree with the management, I need to know what I'm talking about. And it's not like just, you know, blah, 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 blah. I need to know what I'm talking about. So I think knowledge is super important super important so knowledge and just keep educating yourself don't just stick with something that you learn in midwifery school and that's it and this is how they taught us you know medicine doesn't doesn't work like this so you need to constantly educate yourself and keep reading and keep keep going and it's always changing and updating yeah absolutely so that's important Those are good points. Thank you. Sure. 
Um, so you've covered a good resource. You've covered getting through stressful situations. Do you have any other advice to offer to somebody who wants to be a midwife? It's going to be challenging, but it's rewarding. It's it's so rewarding. And I think um, there is, uh, like, uh, um, if you change one person's life, you change a piece of, like, if you change a piece of a world. So I think mm-hmm. changing to life of someone and making it a little bit better. I can't change the whole OBGYN practice. I can't change the whole hospital practice. I can't change the whole, you know, uh, situation in the country, but I can't change it to a, this woman, this family. I can't change it for her. I can make her experience better. I had, um, I had a situation a couple of weeks ago, not the situation, but the story to tell that um, I had a patient. We were about to close the clinic already. I was getting dressed, getting ready to go. It was like after four o'clock and we had this uh, Spanish speaking patient who came in um, and was saying, um, asking one of the MAs about getting her pap smear results. I'm like, why does she need her pap smear results? She was supposed to get it and like come for you know for the results and why does she need she said i want a second opinion about it i'm like who wants a second opinion about pap smear what mm-hmm. is the big deal about pap smear so it's like well they told me that it was abnormal the doctor told me that it was abnormal and um i need to get another one in a year and she started crying because she was so stressed out she it was three days ago she couldn't you know function after that she she thinks that she has cancer and she's basically dying and they told her to come in a year and she was so stressed out so i asked the ma if you can bring me the chart and we will look up the results so she brought me this chart and uh her pap smear was um i think was just um ask us and mm-hmm. HPV negative, so we had to repeat the pop smear in the year. So I, using the MA as a translator, because my Spanish is not that good yet, but I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started to explain, you know, from being this normal and from being cancer, there is so many levels of being abnormal. So yours is just some cell that is not similar to the cancerous cell. So explain to her finally. And she felt, you know, she thanks us and she walks away and I go to the parking lot. I go to my car and I see this patient walking away with her husband. She's smiling. She's laughing. And I just that made my day. I think that the whole point of being there for patients, you know, just a little bit of, you know, extra mile, extra something that. Just, you know, I could just go home telling, you know, she needs to come tomorrow or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, but this is what 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 makes me love this job because this is what makes, you know, changes people's life. And this yeah. is what it's all about. And if I can do something, I will do it. Yeah. Oh, that was a great story. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I think we, was a good story. I love OB stories, but it's so nice to hear a story like you know, a, a women's health story, a guidance story. Yeah, that I was think just there as rewarding. Is, yes, there is um, a little bit of misconception about 
what midwives do that sometimes oh you catch babies well not mm-hmm. just babies <laughs> you know not yeah. just catch babies there is so much and then some you know like this always question about L&D experience and if you didn't have an L&D experience you can't really be a good midwife and you need to have an RN L&D experience uh, and I always tell there is much more than uh, sometimes you don't realize how much more office do you have and not uh, actually L&D and um, it's not just catching babies yeah definitely uh, good points yeah. Remember that because you'll probably spend a lot more time in office than you thought you would. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. well, thank you, Anna. Do you have anything else to add? Sure. Um, no, I don't think so. Just that good luck great. to anybody listening. Yeah. And thank you so much for you, Amber. Yeah, thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like to interview or know someone who does or encourage someone who has a great story or viewpoint to share, have them reach out to me. Easy to find. I'm in one place now. Journey to Midwifery Podcast at gmail.com. The email address is in the show notes and on the podcast page. But again, Journey to Midwifery Podcast at gmail.com. I can't wait to hear from you and share your story.